0: Where we talk about random bullshit for five minutes before we actually record this thing
1: Ah, but isn't that the preparation for the show?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we gotta test it We gotta make sure that everything works We have to talk about the microphone in depth
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, we're just loving the hell out of this thing It's, It's a much bigger mic than I thought it would be But it is quite fantastic
0: What have you been doing lately, sweetie?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Trish. Uh, I've been uh, mainly focusing on beat 'em up games.
0: Beat 'em em ups
1: uh, Yeah, they are... I guess you could say they're my favorite genre. Uh, there aren't too many of them these days, at least not the way it used to be in the olden days. Uh, the newest one I can think of is Castle Crashers. There have been a couple remakes of some old games, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Double Dragon. But uh, once we started playing Castle Crashers, I'm like, ah, oh, this is amazing. Uh, but there were a lot of other beat-em-ups that I hadn't played that I wanted to revisit before we uh, fully tackled it. So uh, now that I'm done with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I decided to move on to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games.
0: I could live a happy life never having to hear that music ever again. Which one? All of them. They have the same music.
1: Ah, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? yes. Well, it's it's the theme song.
0: I mean, I'm just over here doing my thing, you know, playing games on my tablet, or checking my Facebook and I hear
1: I didn't realize that one of the chip tunes was a kazoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, I wasn't trying to just like be loud about it. <laughs> I was trying to give the sense that it's in my periphery senses.
1: Well, it, it's, it's brand name recognition. <laughs> You'll always know which one that you're playing.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, I must say, I went through all the ones for the NES, and now I'm on the ones for uh, the Genesis and the SNES. Uh, there was one for Genesis, uh, one for SNES. I'm not going to play Tournament Fighters. That's just a fighting game. Um, And then I'll uh, move on to the arcade games a little later.
0: But Tristan, with all these games, how do you play them without dying?
1: Oh, um, well, uh, I'm I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm not entirely proud of it, but it's something I've had to resort to. uh, Alcohol? uh, That and uh, I use video game cheats.
0: I want a divorce. I'm sorry. How could you do this? I just... I thought you were an honorable man.
1: I I am. I I I I I don't cheat in a video game unless I have no other choice. Cheater. I I know. At least I'm not gambling.
0: Anyway, cheats are they de- ethical?
1: Well, I think yes and no. And there's a a lot of different types of cheats and uh There's been a lot of talk about it ever since me and my friends started playing video games that I thought we could talk about.
0: Okay, and as a fairly new gamer, I really don't have the opportunity to use cheats, and I don't really care to at all.
1: They're not really as prevalent as they used to be. There are a lot of things that you can do that are like cheating, although only some people will actually call them cheats. Unfortunately, it'll usually be as a negative... Because they want you to realize that you're just doing the equivalent of cheating rather than cheating the way people used to back in the day.
0: Except for Contra, because that's always acceptable.
1: It is classic. Although it's it's funny because most people will use the Konami code when they play Contra, and yet uh, playing the normal way is considered the challenge mode. Yes. But, you know, the thing is... Games used to be way harder. They spun off from arcade games, which were designed to be as difficult as possible, so that you would spend as much money as possible trying to beat the thing. It was easier when the levels actually differed, and there was actually a full game to explore, rather than something like Space Invaders, which would just be the same level over and over. And then it would just be. Oh, I
0: mean, in Space Invaders, they got faster.
1: They did, but once you beat the level, you just did the same thing.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the the difficulty did go up, but in very, very minor ways.
1: In some ways, yes. But it was still the same old black screen, same old hidden bases that you hide behind.
0: Somewhere there is like a 35, 40 year old that's just screaming at you because they grew up with the Atari and they think that you're just a spoiled little brat.
1: Yeah, I probably am. But people of the future are even more spoiled, and we're just going to do this until everyone just commits suicide.
0: I suppose. I mean, I'm spoiled. I, I moved in with you, and I have all these game systems and all these games, and really, I just don't have time.
1: And I know you probably won't play them all, and you probably won't like them all, even if I introduce all of them to you, but it's the magic of finding the one you like, and that's what has kept the gaming community so strong. As I said before, games used to be a lot more difficult... Um, And so, in the arcade, all you could do was spend more money, honestly. That was pretty much all you could do. If you tried to hack into the machine, you were breaking the law, and uh, unless you owned the arcade cabinet, in which case you were probably just a geeky guy with an arcade cabinet, or a business owner, but... The business owners probably just bought whatever looked the coolest, I guess.
0: Well, you know, I'm sure that they did know that some things were real money makers, like uh, Street Fighter, and that is the biggest quarter hog I've ever seen.
1: More or less. Well, once games like Street Fighter were ported onto consoles that were released, people were thinking, oh yeah, I can, I can play this arcade game all the way through. I can do it no matter what. But now you have lives you have to worry about, and a lot of these games are programmed so that once you run out of lives, there's absolutely no way you can continue in the game, and you have to start all over from the very beginning.
0: But it seems like a lot of the games that you play actually do have continues, or are you using Game Genie?
1: Some of them do have continues, but even then, you're going to run out of continues. Uh, The idea... I heard rumors from my friends, and I don't know how true this actually is. A lot of people were writing into companies like Nintendo saying that they weren't getting their money's worth because they were beating a lot of games really quickly. So what Nintendo did was they made a bunch of their games really difficult so that you had no choice but to just get really good at them and just play them until you could see the end finally.
0: Nowadays, that wouldn't be a good business venture, but I, I mean, back in the day... They were really, like, just selling a little bit. There wasn't any, like, DLC or anything like that. So, you know, now game companies don't really give a shit. They just pump out game after game after game.
1: Pretty much. Luckily, the indie market has changed a lot of the ways that games are made. So the big game companies will make big games, and the indie development companies will just make smaller games. That's a pretty good balance, I think.
0: Yeah. Now, we've rattled on for a little bit, and I know you have some rules for cheating. And we've discussed them, and I'm sure you're just dying to let it out. And I don't always agree with them, but I do think that they are fair.
1: It's, uh, I went through a, a general case of rules, but really it's a case-by-case basis. Um, because nowadays I play through a lot of games in order to see the entire game. So I'll cheat in it if I don't feel that I can complete the game all the way. It has to do with uh, if you want to see all of one game in order to be able to play the sequels, and if a game company has released 15 versions of its game uh, over time, well, you'd want to be able to beat all the ones before it in order to see the rest of it. Uh, As I mentioned, I am a completionist, so that's just what I do, and I know you don't have to play through every single game in order to play the rest of it, but you do want to get some semblance that you saw most of what other people saw. And so you'll cheat in games. Uh, A lot of cheats were made in different ways. Um, Some of them were made for playtesting. They were button combinations like the Konami code, which you just entered at a particular point in the game, and you could either get infinite lives, infinite life, infinite ammo, whatever. And it was quite nice, especially because you didn't have to use any external cheat devices.
0: I think one of the first games you showed me before we started dating was actually Contra, and you had to put in the infinite lives code, you know, just so that we'd be able to get through it. (laughs) Because I was dying all the time, just constantly.
1: Yeah, Um, what we were doing was we were playing an emulator uh, that had Game Genie support. And Game Genie, um, you won't see any Game Genies these days. Most people have uh, moved to a different company uh, that makes cheat devices. I don't know what kind of external cheat devices they have on the market nowadays, but with the older generation, you know, the pixel-ish generation, you had Game Genie, which was uh, a cartridge or some kind of external device that you would add on to your game that would... Uh, modify the game's code so that you could change the value of something. So infinite lives or whatever you need. And then uh, Game Genie was slowly phased out, and people moved on to Game Shark, which was made by a different company. And there were systems that overlapped. I think SNES had both Game Shark and Game Genie. I could be wrong. Slowly after Game Shark wasn't being used anymore, people would use whatever they could get their hands on, like action replay or something like that. And I don't really care too much about the brand, although I will say it's gotten way easier over the time. Let me tell you about the first Game Genie. Okay. uh, uh, That we saw for the NES. Uh, You got three codes. I guess it was to produce the aesthetic of having three wishes. The problem with this is that certain codes uh, required more than single values being changed in the game's code. So sometimes you had to enter two codes, or even three, just to get one desired effect. And so you'd have to pick and choose which ones you wanted to put in there. You couldn't put as many as you wanted. Not only that, you had to enter it in every single time you started the game up. So you had to really want to get through the game.
0: But that's all in the name of balance.
1: I guess. It's quite the sacrifice. And that's, of course, assuming the game actually worked. Now, I got my first Game Genie for the Sega Genesis, so I didn't see the crappy NES one until I went over to my friend Joel's house. But uh, the Genesis one actually gave you five codes, and the interface looked a lot better, and you could always tell what was going on. You could turn the cheats off if you needed to because um, sometimes you would enter certain cheats that would be nice for fighting enemies, but if there was a cheat that instantly killed you or something like that, infinite health would probably freeze the game up, so you would probably want to turn off the cheats briefly so you can do your own thing and then turn them back on when you're ready to fight the enemies again. Just to get across that old lava pit.
0: I suppose that makes sense. And
1: Game Genie was okay, I suppose. I much prefer playing emulators that have a Game Genie function, because you can enter as many codes as you want, and uh, you can usually save them in there. Now, I love the idea of saving the codes into the system, which is something I didn't see until I got my GameShark for my N64. That thing eventually permanently locked itself up, so I really can't attest to demonstrating it for you, but it works the same way as the old ones did. A cartridge that you put on top of another cartridge, and you uh, look at a menu beforehand where you enter codes, but the codes are saved onto the cartridge, so you can just enter the codes. And But the thing would lock on itself a lot. Like, you think you have to blow into a cartridge in order to get it to work. You had to whip up a tornado on that cartridge to get that thing to work. Sometimes you could clean the cartridges with alcohol, although those aren't always good for the cartridge, and I, I tried it.
0: I keep saying, like, trying to figure out can not you guys just use canned air?
1: I guess we could. But I... then
0: again, some other nerd's gonna tell me why that's a bad thing. You can't use alcohol. It promotes rust. You can't use your breath. It promotes rust. Life produces rust. It's like cancer. Everything you do produces rust.
1: Welcome to the retro gaming community. <laughs> Nowadays, everything is digital, and you don't have to think about stupid techniques like this.
0: Well, I mean, there is a proper way to wash off a disc. There is. Nobody uses it.
1: No but they often just take the game back if it doesn't work for them or they get a replacement within the 10 days of testing it anyway the game shark worked well for a while although the biggest problem the game shark had for me was that i would always pick up the oldest version when that you...
0: sounds like you actually
1: not intentionally they didn't tell you that there were different versions of this third party cheating device the game shark would be out of the way uh, where you wouldn't be able to see the other games, and it would just be where all the Mad cats controllers and other ridiculous third-party accessories were. Mm. Sometimes you would be picking something up that you think is a game shark that you can enter additional cheat codes for if your game isn't listed, which it usually isn't, only to find that it is preloaded with cheats, but you can't add anything in there. And lo and behold, your game isn't on there.
0: Ugh. That's got a blow.
1: I would say that most games for the N64 and up are a lot more beatable these days, but sometimes you just want to mess around.
0: Yeah. I mean, people fuck around with Oblivion mods.
1: Oh, yes. And they do. GameShark for the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2, once I got my hands on the newest version again, uh, most of them would come with their own proprietary memory card that you would keep the cheats on. Because, as you know, you can't just store it on a CD. You could, but it's not rewritable, and a lot of these Game Shark discs are actually made uh, by hand. Um, if you would take some of the Shark 2s and put them into your computer, your computer would pick it up as Crazy Taxi. Why? I have a hunch that it's because Crazy Taxi was the cheapest PS2 game to buy in bulk, and they were using the middle parts of the disc, cutting them out and pasting them onto their third-party discs, in order to get past the lockout feature that a lot of the PlayStations had.
0: Oh, so kind of like when you have those, um, the coffee cup things that they put the DRM in. People are, like, cutting off the tops of, like, their old ones and sticking them on top so that they can use third-party cups in them?
1: Yes, actually. Um, I once made a joke about people calling into tech support about their coffee maker. I never thought they'd, I'd see the day where that would be real.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, people got really pissed off about that. I just... And then, of course, a million YouTube videos were just like, take the old top off of your coffee thing and put it on top of your third-party one. Done!
1: (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) People say, what happened to coffee? The digital age.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the last cheat device I bought was my action replay for the GameCube. I never thought I'd have to cheat on a GameCube game, uh... And I really didn't, but it got to a point where I was having so much fun with stuff that I just wanted to mess around for a little bit. That, and I'm probably going to have to cheat my way back to where I was in a game because a lot of my games were stolen, as well as the memory cards, and so I have to kind of play my way back to where I was. But certain things, like certain battles in Super Smash Bros. Melee, are really hard to do a second time, so I think I'm just going to just do that a different way and... If I can make it look as identical as it was, I'll be happy.
0: Can't you just find somebody else's, like, save file? Aren't there, like, those on torrent or whatever?
1: Um, you don't have to torrent stuff like that. Um, I'll tell you a little bit of history about those. Um, and I'll tell you just from personal experience because I was curious myself. Nowadays, if you want to download a save file, you can probably figure out a way to do it easily because uh, the Wii and UP has either an SD card slot or some kind of digital thing that interacts with the computer. uh, Some kind of medium that lets you put the save data on there. I don't know how save files play into live accounts, I'm still kind of playing with that myself to be honest, but um, back in the day there were two different uh, types of a device you could get for the Playstation or the N64. It was called the Dex Drive. And this is before USB, so it would plug into the serial port of your computer, and it would have a memory card slot on it, and you could download save games from the internet and put it onto there. And I don't know if there were a lot of different websites where you could get save data from, but one of the most prevalent sites is actually GameFAQs. Um, they host save files on each of the sections of their games.
0: Is this legal?
1: It's legal. It's just save data. It's it not the game. It
0: doesn't seem legal.
1: It's perfectly fine. It's... You have to own the game in order to use the thing. It's like a mod.
0: Is it... Do you think it'd be illegal to sell it for, like, monetary gain?
1: Yes, it would be. I'm sure.
0: Like, you can't really sell shit like that.
1: No. That's like... Well, people make Let's Plays and sell those, so I guess I can't put it past you.
0: Well, copyright laws, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Dex Drive, you could download save games and put it on the Dex Drive, put the Dex Drive either into your PlayStation or your N64 controller, and you would have the save data. Now, the N64 only had a few games that actually had save data, but one of those games was Perfect Dark, which I l- wanted to earn the cheats for because it had earnable cheats. Mm-hmm. And I was not that good at console first-person shooters, especially ones that lagged. So uh, while I loved Perfect Dark, I wanted to mess around with it. So I would download a save game for the internet and put it on my Dex drive and do it that way. Uh, other games, like any PlayStation game released for the computer, like Final Fantasy VII, you could just download the save data right to the computer and use it.
0: No, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's quite nice. And some people will go out of their way to construct save files and host them on GameFAQs if you wanted to be at a certain part of the game or start with certain accessories. Some people would play their way there and then host it on there. Others would simply hack their way into having that save file, but uh, it's all the same to you. You would just download it and play it.
0: Right, but what are the downsides to this?
1: Uh, Nothing really, Um, except if you haven't played through the game normally, you would probably not benefit from playing normally if you haven't played through the game normally uh it would probably be really weird to start with 99 of everything and try to tell a story
0: yeah but people do that they
1: do that's why they're there the save community is not very huge but it does exist it's but it exists on the same principles as the modding community people buy a game they play through it and when they're done with it they want to see how they can mess with it in other ways so they
0: do whatever Well, let's talk about modding, because they always just make me giggle. (laughs) They just, I see pictures of them, and I just can't help but laugh at some of them.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Well, when it comes to modding, it just gets better uh, with each generation, because the modding community is getting ever more prevalent, and people want to mod their games, and so developers make more ways to cater to that. Because early games, if you wanted to install a mod, it was usually just like uh, a single folder. And you would it would be kind of like an expansion pack. You'd have to boot it up separately from the rest of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. It would be its
1: own thing. Like Quake. Uh, if you wanted to download a Quake mod, you'd download a good one, like Future vs. Fantasy. You'd run a batch file to the mod folder. And then you'd be playing Quake, except it would have all the extras that they threw in there.
0: So kind of like when I got, like, Sims 4 pack, which I got bored with eventually, and I got their Supernatural thing, well, you had to have Sims 4 downloaded, but you had to have the disc for Supernatural in there. So it ran as if that was just the independent game.
1: Yeah. Um, Other games will handle expansion packs and mods as if it's just part of the game. It'll be not its own copy of the game, but actually overwrite. Not overwrite, but integrate itself into the original so that the mod is active no matter what. I don't know what mods they have for Diablo 2, but if you were to install the expansion pack, it would just install it as part of the game, and then you would just run Diablo 2, and it would just say, this mod is installed, and or this expansion pack is installed, and you just play it. Later on, games like Doom 3 and Oblivion and uh, so on and so forth, they treat mods more like accessories, and so you can put the mods on or off with a Switch, And you can have tons of different mods installed at one time. Uh, You don't have to worry about how many mods you have installed unless you're a moron and install way too many out of the correct booting order and don't take the necessary precautions to install script extenders and whatnot.
0: That's not really fair because you made Oblivion crash.
1: I made Oblivion crash at first, but now I made it work.
0: I don't understand all these mods that you have in Oblivion, though, because they don't... some of them don't do anything except for make the aesthetic different. Like your nude mod. Do you really need to remove the underwear of the person? Is that a necessity to your gameplay, to your immersion aspect? You need to see dem titties?
1: Well, now that we've established that I'm an internet pervert... <laughs> listen. <laughs> the game takes 5,000 hours to do everything in... Do you really think you're not going to try to vary it up a little bit as you're going along? So
0: you're saying you're doing this because you're bored.
1: Yeah, that's why most people install mods at all. You're
0: wasting space on your computer to look at virtual titties because you're bored.
1: Look, this is not the only mod I've installed. There's like a million combat mods and character
0: immersion mods. and None of it matters because you downloaded this perverted mod. I think the only more perverse mod that you could get, and I'm sure it's somewhere out there, is if, like, you could make your main character a lolly. You can. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, really quick, what kind of mods do you think will come out for Fallout 4?
1: I don't know. Uh, Fallout 3 didn't actually have that many mods. It was interesting.
0: It Uh, was a pretty well-rounded game.
1: It was. I was just expecting there to be a ton more weapons... Um, there were a few body replacers, as many as you would need, anyway. Yeah,
0: I saw those on there, too.
1: With the body replacers...
0: Big tits.
1: Okay, no, no, no.
0: (laughs) You just gotta get dim virtual titties. (laughs)
1: I've
0: been drinking.
1: This, why? (laughs) Have you... You didn't tell me this before. I'm an adult. Okay, you are fighting someone who is wearing a bra made out of World War II helmets... And then you decide to take that bra for yourself because you need a helmet. And And you need a mod
0: to fill out the helmets?
1: No! I'm saying, once you remove it, uh, because uh, Fallout 3 and Oblivion don't actually have nude content in them, uh, they're suddenly wearing a full-on shirt. Yeah. And that just looks stupid. Besides, um... I don't just do it for the nakedness. There are mods that just make the bodies look more detailed. There are tons of mods for more high def video cards. Uh, not just for the characters, but also the environments. Um, they change up the colors. Uh, they change up the variety and the enemy types. It it can get pretty nice.
0: No, I I can understand that. I mean, I've been looking at mods for um, like Sims Three. I think I said Sims Four earlier, but I meant Sims Three because there are so many mods out there that can pretty much make Sims 3 into the Sims 4, actually yeah. better than Sims 4.
1: Yeah, and some people have gone so far as to stick with a particular game in a series because the sequel in all of its new detail won't match up to the prequel with mods.
0: Makes sense, though I do think Skyrim mods tend to be much more hilarious.
1: They do. And they have just gone so crazy that I have wondered whether or not I should even go to Skyrim just yet before I've explored everything Oblivion has to offer.
0: It's the horses. Yeah? There's so many just funny fucking pictures of the horses in Skyrim.
1: Horse tornado.
0: Well, yeah. Horse tornado. Horse flying. Like, just... Oh, God.
1: Is there a horse dragon yet?
0: Um, not that I've seen. Aww. But that would be pretty epic.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, I mean,
0: you could be completely naked with an upgraded skin riding a fucking dragon. Or at least on your computer.
1: Yeah, you could be a, damn titties. You could... It's all about the tits of you, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, I'm implying that they're all for you, but... <laughs>
1: no, it's... There's more to the body replacers than that. Um, oh, I'm
0: sorry. Dat ass.
1: Uh... Well, you don't even have to install body replacers if that's all you care about, because there's clothing that'll make your character into one of those whores that just (laughs) walks the street. I have plenty of color, and you don't.
0: Don't make me choke on my vodka. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I am... I'm a man of simple pleasures, but that doesn't mean that's all I care about in the game. Uh, I will say, though, it's really superficial. I would say that there is, uh, much like real life, uh, way more accessories for women than there are for men.
0: Oh, that's another point, too. Why is it in, like, your shopkeepers mod? All of the new shopkeepers are really scantily clad women.
1: Uh, That is called the Goddess Store. And they're all supposed to be representative of the different goddesses, and they all sell different themes of stuff.
0: They're all dressed like whores.
1: Yes, they are, and a lot of the stuff in there is completely useless. But it helps to put large mods together that are just combinations of all the smaller ones, rather than putting millions of single ESP files, each one of them representing a different color of some random underwear that you're never going to wear, because... You're an adventurer. You want what's on the outside. And I hate to say it, but there's a lot of accessories just for furries.
0: I'm not shocked, but...
1: Most of what I was installing in the beginning were weapons mods. Uh, There was this really cool thing called the Daedric Chainsaw, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which was basically just a Daedric Claymore with some spinning blades on it, which made it look really cool.
0: That's kind of awesome.
1: Um, there are other mods that just entirely new adventures, as if you had installed an expansion pack, it's got full quest lines on it, and the most work that has ever gone into a single mod have got to be the overhaul mods, one where I don't even know if you can have vanilla Oblivion installed at the same time as the overhaul, because once you install the overhaul, that's the game, that's what you boot up. Uh, it's called Nayrim, I think, and I know nothing about it in terms of what it's on there, but I looked at some screenshots of it, and it's just... It's like a whole entirely new game. It was as if there was Oblivion, Fallout 3, and Nairim. And it just has its own entire look to it. It's amazing. Fair enough. But the question remains, uh, if you install a bunch of mods that make the game way easier, is that considered cheating?
0: I would say yes. My thing is if something is cheating, it is not built in to the actual game. Um, You can't unlock it. It's not in there for the developers, which they should have taken it out if they didn't want you to use it. Like, that's it. If you have to add anything to it, then it's cheating.
1: It could be. There are a lot of unlockables uh, in terms of cheats. There were unlockables for Donkey Kong 64, uh, Perfect Dark. Uh, Nowadays, any cheat in any game is an unlockable because uh, they don't want people cheating in games where achievements or trophies are published online for everyone to see. If you used GameShark to do something that's extremely difficult, when the achievement triggers, they don't want people going, well, he just used Game Genie. Like, what's that all about?
0: No, that's fair. And I kind of understand that, because when you're talking about mods and stuff like that, that's all you. I haven't done mods. Skyrim and Oblivion, I have them for the Xbox, because I wanted to play them just absolutely clean. I can't do that on your computer, because you pretty much have mods built into everything.
1: More or less. It's gotten to the point where there's so many mods in Oblivion that I have that no one would be able to just start it and play it, unfortunately.
0: I could not recognize that game as Oblivion if you just showed it to me with all your mods.
1: Yeah, but the game is really long, and the mods really do help to put a little bit of immersion in there. You have like a total of seven houses by the end of the game. Uh, Some you buy in the town, others you buy as part of DLC... you're only going to live in one of them. And you're probably going to have a lot of other characters. And you're probably going to have lots of different things that you want to store. Especially if you're a hoarder like any Skyrim player or Oblivion player before him did. And you're going to want something to do with them. What would be better than being Tyler Durden and recruiting your own army to take over Cyrodiil... By having everyone just kind of live in the house and do chores and take care of the place.
0: There was something very entertaining about your catgirl army following you around in a straight line in Oblivion.
1: Ah, uh, gotta load them cat girls.
0: <laughs> Scantily clad catgirls.
1: They were more human than the cadet were, which is why I didn't feel too bad about having them around. Plus, they looked really cool.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um...
1: I will say the rest of the modding community has kind of bollocksed it up, though. If you combine the Taboxi mod... With the body replacer mod, you'll have something really awkward. But if you just have the Tabaxi mod, because you like playing as new races, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You don't even have to get fancy with it. There are existing races in the game that you can't play as, like Dromora, which are would be fantastic to play as, especially given their voices.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And there are. And a lot of people have gone out of their way to make sure that they're more balanced in the game, too. And that they default to a certain other race... If there is a particular script designed for whatever race you're playing as.
0: Oh, that makes sense, but as far as balance goes, like there are mod packs like Feed the Beast or Minecraft that really try and balance things out.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how, uh, given how unbalanced tech it was before it, how Feed the Beast is more balanced than the vanilla Minecraft. Uh, not in terms of the game rules, because... Uh, there's so much more stuff you can do to speed the whole process up and Feed the Beast. But in terms of tedium, you're going to be playing Minecraft for even longer than you would play any Elder Scrolls game. You're going to want to do something.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I've thought about just building a tower to the sky and jumping off, and that'll be the end of my gameplay of Minecraft.
1: And a lot of people do that.
0: I haven't played that game in like a year.
1: Oh, there's just a million things you can do. There were a million things that I did when Minecraft first came out, and there's a lot of things that I would do if I played it now. I'm probably going to go back to it, too, once I finish Terraria up. But um, I could probably take an entire episode to tell you about everything I've done in Minecraft, so I don't want to pick on Minecraft too much right now.
0: Or Terraria.
1: Or Terraria. But I will say this. You can mod them, and sometimes it does feel like cheating, depending on the mod, because everyone has a different scale for how the rules work we you're probably going to pick the fastest one and just take full advantage of it.
0: I mean, the only reason why I started playing Feed the Beast instead of Vanilla Minecraft is because I was in Vanilla Minecraft for two real-world months playing it every day and could not find a single fucking diamond.
1: Like I said last time, that's the luck of the draw.
0: No. No. I had a very intricate mind system and it just didn't work. I got down to the fucking bedrock. Yeah. I was pretty damn close to hollowing out my whole, like, region. It was fucking ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and Feed the Beast fixes that, too. Uh, At least with Tech It, you could get yourself Diamond by trading it uh, through equal exchange for EMC. What made that so terribly imbalanced was not the EMC by itself, but the EMC generators that essentially were generating EMC so quickly that you could have a full inventory of cobblestone in less than a second because of how quickly it was generating EMC.
0: No, but, I mean, it's better than Gregg Tech.
1: Everything is better than Gregg Tech.
0: On the point of Gregg Tech, let's talk about mods that make it more difficult to play your game.
1: Now, a lot of people will obviously not pick on someone going for a challenge. I just hate when the people who do go for the challenge pick on the people who are having trouble with the normal version of it. If a game's too hard, it's too hard. I'm gonna cheat on it if I have to. I am a completionist, so I will always try to find any reasonable way around an obstacle in a game. With beat-em-ups, you are just kinda stuck with your own skills, but ultimately you're going to die sooner or later. It's just a matter of time. When I'm playing a beat-em-up, I'll usually cheat if for no other reason than I don't want to die prematurely. Newer beat 'em ups like Castle Crashers will fix that because you can always restart that one particular level, but the older beat 'em ups were just like any older side-scroller. They would just send you back to the beginning if you died.
0: Well, and I mean, there's no reason to make fun of somebody for being bad at just the vanilla version of a game. Everybody has their strengths. I mean, I'm better at strategic games than you are, but I really suck at fucking platformers. Um, the person that does our music, Victor, watched me play Mario... And just made fun of me because I suck at platformers.
1: Yeah, and I gotta bring out Victor eventually because uh, uh, Victor himself has had his moments in in games.
0: Oh, I'm sure he has.
1: We were roommates uh, a lot of the time in college. And I mean a lot of the time, not all the time because they randomized it. But good series of coincidences there. Nevertheless, he would come in my room and play video games while I was on the computer. And I do have this TV specifically for entertaining of guests, but uh, he had his moments.
0: Oh yeah, Tomb Raider.
1: Yes, the goddamn bear. Uh, (laughs) But if a person wants to make their game harder, uh, that's all the better. Minecraft is not a game that really has difficulty. It's just, are you going to take the necessary precautions against any random thing that may happen to you as you are going deeper into the world? And if you do, great. If you don't, don't take anything expensive with you. Yeah. GregTech's Tech's purpose was actually designed to increase the amount of gameplay there was, letting you increase your tiers. Feed the Beast, as well as Techit and Technic before it, have a lot of mods that involve doing science. Mm-hmm. Greg Tech was actually a mod of a mod, or one or two mods anyway, where you would be able to build machines that do different things. But there were different tiers of it. You'd build the first version of it, you'd build a faster version and a much faster version. Eventually, you're going to have so many of one particular thing that you're not going to get anything else out of it, uh, even if you make more than one of any particular row of items. Right. Such as uh, power generators, or uh, uh, things that are designed to store a lot of power. There would be machines that transferred power... Uh, along a universal grid that would make your entire uh, stash of items very readily accessible, no matter where you were. Uh, It would make expeditions easier, and ultimately we're making our village, so we'll have a nice safe haven for our expositions to come to a close. That's one thing about Minecraft I think we kind of forget about, because most of us end up taking so much time building our house that we forget why we're building it in the first place, and certainly not to show the friend next to us.
0: Wait, Minecraft has an actual purpose? I thought it was literally just like, here's a world, build shit in it.
1: It is, and you do get the blocks by doing different things. There's no real goal. But some people will usually say it's either completing the game by making your village entirely automated, or uh, building all the cool things you want to build. Personally, I like... Uh, going on expeditions in Minecraft. I like the unexplored territory. I like going into new worlds, establishing a stronghold, and see if I can get a rare thing because of all the tools I was able to create using my powerful house.
0: Well, and I mean, you've seen my world in uh, Feed the Beast is I kind of did the same thing. I started out with a base of operations, and I mined enough to get, like, to where I was bored, pretty much. And I was like, well, I'll build a boat and I'll just go explore. And then every so often when it came nighttime and I didn't want to deal with fucking enemies, I would just, like, really quickly, oh, here's a fort. This is fort blah blah blah. Here's a waypoint.
1: Yep. And if you get used to that, that's really a cool way of doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Lots of different people handle Minecraft in a lot of different ways. Uh, Well, I don't want to talk about Minecraft too much, but I'll hint at a project that me and my friend DJ are working on, and we stopped it for a while, but we will start it up again eventually, if he's willing. Uh, It was called The Hub. It used Feed the Beast and a combination of mods that allowed us to go into different pure biomes in order to establish different strongholds there, but they all led to one central location, The Hub, And it was kind of like a Mario 64 style kind of situation where there'd be one giant castle and it would have portals leading to a bunch of different standalone worlds, Mm -hmm. which I think will be something quite awesome when we're finished with it. But I'll keep you posted. Uh, But when it comes to a game like Minecraft, if since there's no real goal, would you also be able to argue that there's no real way to cheat in it? You can obviously make yourself invincible. You can give yourself stuff. There is creative mode if you need it. Some people like a bit of in-between, but at the end of the day, wouldn't it be weird if you told someone that you built this really powerful thing, and you didn't take any of the steps to get those things?
0: It depends. It all depends on why you're playing it. I think if you're just playing Minecraft for fun, like, oh, you know, building blocks, you know, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know, you can play in creative mode, but sometimes you want to work for the stuff that you have, and you just want to build something really goddamn cool. And in that case, it's fine. It's really fine. I mean, I made a floating lake in the middle of the desert. And I didn't really feel that bad in Feed the Beast to spawn water sources. Because there's no way you can get a water source otherwise.
1: Makes sense. In that case, uh, and there are lots of different ways you can uh, cheat in Minecraft. I say cheating because it's subjective. But, uh, obviously, button combinations, that's cheating. External cheat devices, that's cheating. And it's not like cheating, cheating. Like you're not breaking the rules in life. You're just breaking the rules of the game, which are electronic rules programmed by the people. Mm-hmm. You're just playing it for your own entertainment, unless you're playing against another person, in which case you shouldn't cheat at all. But uh, my friends and I thought you really shouldn't cheat in a game unless it's either unbeatable or you've already played around, played in it and you're just messing around with it. And that's great. But there are many ambiguous forms of cheating as well that are i thought you talking
0: about save scumming
1: uh yes um it is something that you can do in a game no matter how hard it is but it will always ensure that eventually you will reach your destination if you are playing devil may cry and you realize that the enemies take a long time to beat but eventually you'll collect enough red souls to upgrade your weapons so that Maybe you can get through there. It may be all you have the ability to do if you're not very good at hard games like Devil May Cry. Other games that are simply a test of endurance, people will undertake challenges like in Final Fantasy, where you're supposed to have four characters. They'll kill off three of their characters and do solo runs, but then they'll just push A the whole time, and they'll just grind and grind and grind, and they'll save after every battle just to ensure that they don't die.
0: Now, I'm okay with save states but I'm not okay with save-scumming. I think the nice thing about save-states is, like, you can start them, like, before you enter the dungeon. Well, that way you just get kicked out to the beginning of the dungeon. Depends on where you save. Well, yeah, if you save, like, in front of the dungeon, then you go in there, well, you get kicked back out to the dungeon. And you start all over again.
1: If you're playing a really hard game, though, you might save-state every two seconds.
0: Yeah, but that's save-scumming.
1: Right, and save-scumming is not necessarily a cheat, but it is a thing that people do in order to get further in a game that's not really playing the game. Sometimes it's all you can do, but then again, so are all other forms of cheating.
0: That's true, but I do know it is frowned upon.
1: It is, definitely frowned upon. But then again, I have already played through Quake a million times, so save scumming is not that uncommon for me, especially if I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, when you're just doing it to do something.
1: And while we mention save states... Uh, It's because save states are a representative of instant saving anywhere. There are a lot of games that have save points, we all know this, but some people will either hoard uh, around the save point and just go to it because they know they can get to it easily, or it'll be a game like Quake, in which case you can save anywhere you want at any time, and quick load any time you die. It's pretty much the same thing as save stating.
0: Man, Castlevania would have been really great with save states.
1: And it was. And it was pretty much the only way I was able to complete it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I only played, what is it, A riot of Sorrows, I think. Yeah, I played the second one. So, it was A Rite of Sorrows.
1: Any game that has save points in it, I'll try not to save state too much, unless it's really convenient, like if I'm leaving the game to eat dinner or something. But older games that would just send you right back to the beginning after you died three times, it would seem quite unfair. Especially now, because if you're a kid... In the 90s, those are the only games you have. You have no choice but to play them. But now, there are many new games that you would play that are sequels to the older games, and I want to check out the older games, much like how you'd see the older version of a film before you see the remake. Mm -hmm. It's just that I don't have time to play the game a million times. I work a 40-hour work week like a lot of other people, and I don't want to play the same thing over and over just to see one small thing at the end. It's not even that special looking, it's just... What is it?
0: Well, I mean, that's why I didn't finish Thousand Year Door.
1: It just got too monotonous, didn't it?
0: No, I got to the end and I couldn't beat the boss, and I was like, fuck your shit. I think the strategy guy was like, oh, you needed to get this potion all the way back there. I was like, I'm not going all the way through this castle again. No, I do not need to see the ending. I can look it up. I did all the work.
1: All the more reason I like games that have side quests, because if you're having a hard time in the game, you can do something other than grinding in order to make your characters stronger. It's like an extension of the game.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just sometimes you get really fed up.
1: Now, when it comes to older RPGs, I've been trying to get past the older Final Fantasies a little bit faster by speeding up the grinding process. Some people will probably view this as cheating. Even though it's just a function of the emulator, it's not really changing any values in the game, nor is it entering any kind of code, Uh, it is altering the gameplay experience and grinding is a viable strategy in RPGs because of the amount of time that it takes to get to that point. The time is a most definite sacrifice that you make in order to get your characters stronger so that you can move on in the game. But if you honestly don't have that much time on your hands and you just want to get the grinding over with, Mm -hmm. if you can tell yourself that you would honestly do the same amount of grinding, uh, you're just speeding it up for the sake of your time here on earth. Uh, can you really say that that's not cheating? I know I'm guilty of it, but... Uh, that... that
0: is kind of funny to watch, though, when they're all speeding up. Oh, it's lots And of fun. you're, like, in the middle of a battle, and they're just like... <laughs> um, I honestly don't think that's cheating, because all you're doing is grinding. You're still putting in, like, the inputs and stuff. You're just skipping through all the animation.
1: That's what I figured. I'm betting a lot of listeners are going to disagree with us, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, like... I don't really do it, so I don't really care. I might do it in the future, but, again, I don't really care.
1: Yeah. Plus, once I catch up, I'm not going to be able to frame skip grind, because I'm going to have to play on the native console anyway. I know PS2 has emulators on it, but if you actually own the original console, there's no not real much point if unless you're playing a really difficult game. But that's just me.
0: Now, Trista, do you know what I hate?
1: What do you hate, Trish?
0: I hate buying fucking content that you couldn't earn anyways, that makes you unbeatable in a game. Oh,
1: yes. Uh, Are you talking about things like mobile games?
0: Yes. I have a strategy for mobile games. Because I am guilty of playing them, I enjoy them. For instance, I played Farm Heroes Saga, because I like the little, like, match-three games. They're really passive. If I can't get past this fucking part without paying money, I will uninstall your game and never play it again. Like, I refuse. I do not pay money to play mobile games. I always get them free. If there's ads, there's ads. But I will not give you any more money.
1: There are a lot of good games that are not necessarily payware. That They don't try to make the game more difficult. But when you're playing the game normally and you're dealing with the balance issues of uh, doing something in the game as opposed to paying money for it, um, there will be those other people that get to level 99 on day one because they have a lot of money, somehow. They're certainly not Fortune 500 company owners. I don't know why they're playing these games.
0: Now, I started playing Hearthstone, or Hearthstone, and I'm enjoying it. But the thing is, is that you get packs of cards. You get five cards in a pack. You can only buy one pack of a time if you are not spending real-world money. But, of course, they have discounts. If you buy five decks, it's only three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And such and such and such and such. Well, you are guaranteed at least one rare card in every deck. Mm -hmm. So if I bought 60 packs, which is an option, by the way, I can spend $45 and get 60 packs. I can get legendary cards. I can get all the game-breaking cards. And it's like, oh, here I am. I'm only like a combined level 37 because it's all your playable characters' levels combined. But I have all the legendary cards, and you don't, so you're dead now.
1: And from what you tell me, they're not very good at matching up players to their levels.
0: Well, again, it's because of combined character level. There are nine playable characters for all your different classes and stuff like that. There's nine classes. So, for instance, while I was playing a lot online, um, before I started grinding, Mm -hmm. I had two characters that were leveled up. So I had my priest and my mage. They were both, like, level 12. But then I had eight other character or seven other characters that were level one. So my level was boosted up by seven points. Yeah. Which means that people that may only have put in all their levels into one player were kicking my ass.
1: Oh, lord. See, that's why I don't play games online. You're always going to run into some version of that, too. The only online game that I ever played, besides Kingdom of Loathing, it wasn't even really like a, 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 a PC game. It was just like online chess. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you incorporated a system like that into chess, no one would ever go on that website again.
0: You know that really clickbait RPG that like, Retsu Prey has made fun of?
1: Which one?
0: The one that's like always on the banner, but it's the same game.
1: Yeah, it leads you to the same place.
0: Yeah, it leads you to the same place, that one. I must admit, that one got me back when I was in high school. When
1: they... it was the only one, that was fine.
0: Yeah, but the problem was, it was like, spend $7.99, and you get the ultra-rare, demonic, angelic, super-duper sword, and it does 8 million damage. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the worst, if I remember correctly.
1: I saw so many different versions of those 10 years ago that I just decided to bookmark each one of them, and then if I had played through every real game in the universe, I might go back and start playing some of those and seeing if they're actually any good or not. Some of them are just sorry excuses for online games.
0: I believe MapleStory was pretty good when I played it.
1: Wasn't that an actual PC game, though?
0: I think you had to install it, but it was free to play.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, it's interesting how the classics, a lot of people would just kind of shun because they were free-to-play online RPGs, but those games certainly promised a lot more than clickbait RPGs will promise you now.
0: Oh yeah, and they always get you. They really do. Like, oh, you you, you have to watch ads. And one thing that really makes me mad is you're playing a mobile game. They're the worst contenders of this that I've seen. And they're like, oh, you need eight rare gems to unlock this item you need to defeat the boss. You have to either, like, give us six ninety nine for the eight gems, or watch 5,000 advertisements and sign up for a bunch of spam in order to get those gems.
1: You could make more working for minimum wage.
0: Yes. Like, just, uh, those ones where they're like, well, you can get one gem for watching this short video, which all right, fine, sure. But when it's like, take our short survey and they're never short.
1: And that and they have such a terrible system of redirecting you back to the page, you don't even know if uh watching the ad even triggered it or not.
0: Oh yeah, and then like the surveys, the worst part is like the survey would be like three pages, but the other seven pages would just be like Are you interested in our sponsors? Yeah,
1: and some of them may even make you register for the website.
0: Oh yeah, like I've come across one that's just like, you must pick three.
1: I'd like to see one website, like IGN or something like that, uh, review every single one of these clickbait RPGs and measure them up to how clickbaity are they. Do they make you take surveys? Yes or no. Do they make you pay money? If so, how much? Uh, when do they charge you? After what level? Uh, how long do you expect to play using one character, etc.?
0: I mean, I started playing uh, Angry Birds Fight, which is interesting on my tablet. And it's a little bit clickbaity. It's not too bad.
1: It's good quality because it's a brand people are familiar with.
0: Yes, I mean.
1: For a mobile game, anyway. I
0: haven't seen any real ads. They give you lots of the gems that, like, do special shit just by playing the game. Like, there's missions and stuff like that. They're really easy to get. I think the only time that I watch advertisements on there is when you come across a boss. Which is like, oh, if you watch this short video, you get extra attack power. I'm like, I have 30 seconds to kill.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I think that these games, while they're certainly a riot to look at and think about how weird it is that they exist. Because even the original Angry Birds was uh, trying to bait me into buying, like, weapons to get past certain puzzles, but if you have to buy shit to get past a puzzle, it's not really a puzzle game anymore, is it? And I think Angry Birds is kind of a puzzle game when you think about it, but regardless, I think I'm not terribly worried about these kinds of games taking over, because the rest of the world is already pissed off at the entire existence of these games, and by the time they become ever more prevalent... There will be just so many more other retail games that you can get that you can pretty much stay away from them if you don't want to. The only thing I'm worried about is new gamers thinking that these are the only kinds of games that exist. And uh, I have not very much of a problem with games charging mid-game for some stuff. uh, Because World of Warcraft has been doing that since that came out, which was like, what, 2007?
0: That's why I don't play World of Warcraft.
1: Regardless, there's still a huge amount of people that play it. Um, person next door would probably play it even. Well, I
0: mean, we live in a house with people that play LOL, so... I'm sorry, that's what I call League of Legends. I call it LOL.
1: I don't know if they have any pay for in-game content on there, but there is a certain amount of measurability, I am sure, uh, as to whether or not a game should be able to get away with charging people mid-game for something. Uh, DLC. If you're talking about a small expansion that's got, like, two hours worth of gameplay for two bucks... That's not too bad. Uh, And, you know, game corporations aren't always going to be able to uh, finish a game on time, and they may take a couple more uh, steps behind. Uh, But as long as it feels like an add-on, I think people won't be worried too much. Uh, People do accuse developers of charging for DLC uh, after charging for the full game, and uh, just getting the second half of an otherwise incomplete game. But I didn't see, like, Mothership Zeta coming out for Fallout 3, and people are going to be like, Oh... There weren't aliens in this before. Must be an incomplete Fallout 3.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Skyrim, and Bethesda in general seems to be pretty good about this, but in Skyrim, there's DLC for Skyrim, but there was only a couple things that you couldn't do. Like, I think there was, like, a couple ingredients you couldn't get unless you had the DLC, and they made potions that were really good, but I was like, well, you know, I can live without it. You yeah. know Because I focus mostly on alchemy in Skyrim because... That's kind of like an interest in real life. I like plants and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: Hmm. Uh, So, ultimately, uh, paying for stuff in games, it's not a very good concept, but uh, how would you think of it as uh, a cheat?
0: Okay, if there is no way for me to work my way through the game to get a thing, unless I pay real money for it, then it's a cheat. Like... They were talking about, In which
1: case, the only other part of the scenario would be just like putting random soup cans into the middle of the game, and
0: well, I mean, like I was telling you about what I heard about Fallout Shelter, um, that you can spend real world money on there to get the lunch boxes, but you're able to get the lunch boxes by playing the game anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me is not a cheat. Um, if it's again, like you can get the angelic, demonic, super duper sword that does eight thousand damage. For sixty nine ninety
1: nine. You're probably not playing Fallout Shelter.
0: Well no, I mean like in any other like game. I know. Uh <laughs> If or there may- is no way, that's if know. there is no way for me to get the angelic demonic super duper sword that does eight thousand damage just by playing the game and working my way up that way, then buying that is cheating.
1: Yes, um, and besides, someone's probably going to make a mod of that already. So why po- <laughs> why bother paying for it?
0: I hope we have a fan base that's just like, here's the angelic demonic super duper sword that does eight thousand damage in like some inane game.
1: It would be great if you had that specific combination of words (laughs) and a specific look for it in every single game where there's mods.
0: I will try and put that on the cover for this episode.
1: Okay. (laughs) We'll we'll design that and put that on the site once we have it up and running.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'll be under the blog section of our website.
1: But uh, yeah, I think those are all the different kinds of cheats out there. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about what is really cheating when you think about it. Uh, It sounds like it boils down just to the essence of the method and not necessarily the methodology. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Um, And I do think that sometimes game companies want you to cheat, especially like we were talking about paying real-world money. Mm -hmm. They definitely want you to cheat. Like, they really do. And I think with Contra, like there's some part of me that wants to believe that They are not that sadistic that they wanted you to cheat in Contra. They wanted you to think outside of the box to solve how to do that fucking game.
1: Yeah, because if there was... I understand developers will count on a subculture of gamers that like to challenge themselves. But at the same time, you're going to lose a lot of your audience if you make that game so difficult. And I think that's why games have evolved so much. Because people don't want just kids to buy a game and have those kids be masochists because it's the only game that they have and then have mom say, I'm not gonna play this fucking game. It's too hard. It's ridiculous. Who would who would subject themselves to these things? Only Johnny. Uh <laughs> but Nintendo has changed, I'm sure. They 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 make Wii games and they're like, We want mom to c- come join in and we want the kid to actually have fun with the games.
0: Oh good God, yeah. <laughs> oh, just memories of when I had the Wii. Because when we had the Wii, all we had was Wii Sports. Yeah. And, oh, and Wii Play. Was that the other one that had, like, the other six really shite games?
1: Uh, I think so, yeah. And there are a lot of different versions of that now.
0: Oh, God. I hear that
1: while, while Nintendo Land was really off-putting, a lot of people loved the idea of it when it first came out.
0: Oh, yeah. Can you imagine my mom, like, really trying to attempt to do Wii Sports with the balance board? You've seen my mother. Uh, I think... Uh... That lasts about five minutes. Yeah. And she's like I need to sit down.
1: But it it still has done quite well for attracting an audience.
0: Yeah, should we wrap it up? I think so. All right. So, let's get this business out of the way. All right. Yeah. So as always, you can find us on directtoconsole.weavley.com and also you can now download it there because I have the direct download links down there. Um, I finally got them hosted someplace so there Um, There will also be a link to where they are hosted, so you can download them in any file type that you need. The direct download link will always be the MP3. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where you can listen to us on YouTube if you need to, if that's your thing. Sometimes you're on a mobile device and it really sucks to pull up a website and hit play and have the pop out player. I get it. I did it a lot at work. So, now it's on YouTube.
1: And I'd like to thank my friend and uh, former roommate and maybe future roommate, Victor Hamilton, for uh, composing our theme song.
0: And remember, you can't cheat in life.
1: But you could. Yeah, we're bad at sign offs.
0: See ya.